Welcome those that are watching on the live stream. And we have a number of our folks that are under the weather. And uh, we'll be making announcements about that in a moment. Well, JR will be sometime. He's here somewhere. Okay. Somebody find the boy and send him in. Okay. Praise God. Well, we had a very, very effective, cooperative uh, food distribution yesterday. I want to personally thank all the people who showed up on Friday. It was probably one of the quickest and most efficient uh, times we'd had uh, getting all the boxes together. I want to thank those who have been saving boxes for us, because that was a big help, and we need more for next month you can start saving boxes and then saturday over 200 families received a blessing of food and we had all the toys that you brought in and most of those went out to the families we're, we're just praising god for everybody we only had a couple hiccups here and there but when you're serving that many people uh, i was personally praising the lord i didn't become a speed bump at the beginning of the day i was out directing traffic in on demarest and uh, there were lines on both directions in the center aisle and and some of the people decided to try and run over where i was standing and uh, it was just a lot of fun but we had a lot of <laughs> a lot of ministry going on give a round of applause for all those who helped out yesterday and friday those who brought in boxes and And uh, we'll work on our hand clapping skills later. We, I'm going to bring JR right up front right now to make the one announcement about tonight. And so that if you did not get the word as yet, so that you know and, and you have that opportunity to plan not for tonight. Good morning. Morning. All right, so as everyone was highly anticipating our children's production for tonight, um, sickness has taken over the children's ministry, and we had to change our plans up a little bit. So we're going to push the play that was supposed to happen tonight to next Saturday at 6 p.m. So if you're able to come out for that, we'd love to have you out. Um, all the parents, thanks for the, the willingness to work with us here. Um, as we try to get everything figured out. If you did not receive, if you are a parent, you didn't receive the email with the new information, our dress rehearsal is going to be Friday night from 5.30 to 9, and then Saturday we need them here at 11 a.m., and meals will be provided, so you don't have to worry about that. 
we just, that's what we had to do to change things up. So if you have any questions about that, see me after service and I will give you all the information that you need. And a round of applause for JR. <laughs> Just in case you haven't been aware, JR uh, would really, really appreciate, I'm sure he would really appreciate condolence cards. Um, the Steelers just aren't, Steelers just aren't cutting it this year. Now the Bengals, however, are, and the Browns, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're not going to go through all the teams here. We've got, okay, Giants fans. Okay, okay the Giants are okay. And whoever Jamie's rooting for, I just heard from. And that was, oh, what? You've taken over the, the high-pitched dolphin thing, you know. Oh um, my, such is life. But we're gonna have a great time. Uh, we we uh, are anticipating the children's musical and you be praying for all the participants that they're well and, and their voices are back and all the different things happening. Uh, we're gonna have a great time this next week. We wanna remind you of, of all the things that are happening and we'll do that in a little bit, but right now, Let's remind Jesus how much we love him today. Could we do that? Could we stand up and give some praise to our king? Our, our king who came to be our savior and our Lord, let's give him praise. Let's lift up our voices, lift up our hands, give him praise, give him a wave offering of glory and thanksgiving. Let's enter in, enter the gates with thanksgiving today. Come into his courts with praise. Be thankful to the Lord and bless his name.
may be seated. Grandfather, if you're a guest with us here today, this is your first time here, we want to welcome you to Trinity. And this young man right here, he has a connection card for you. So if you slip up your hand, he'll give it to you if you could fill it out with your information. That way you can stay in touch with us and what's going on here at the church and we can do the same for you. Um, so if we have any guests, slip up your hand and can we get a round of applause for our guests today? As I mentioned before, there's a little change to the schedules for this week. Um, but as always, we have our Wednesday Bible study services. We have our morning service uh, for the adults at 10 a.m. And then at 7, we have classes for all age groups. So if you're able to join us for our Wednesday services, we'd love to see you come out. Um, and then we have our play Saturday at 6 p.m. And then... Sunday, if you don't believe it, it's already Christmas Eve, and we're going to have a special service on Christmas Eve. We have Emil, the innkeeper, um, who's going to give a service for us then, so make sure you're able to come out for that if you're not traveling or spending time with your families. Come out and bring them too. Yeah, spend time here. Bring them too. We'd love to have you. I'd love to see you. Um. Again, I know I mentioned that it changed up a little bit, so thank you for all those, again, for your willingness and working with us with the new schedule. Do you guys ever have that feeling of instant regret? Yeah. You can raise your hand. I, I'll be honest. I had mentioned for the last few weeks about tambourines. Well, I didn't anticipate that the children would be down here and that we would put tambourines in the hands of children. And uh, it's rough when you're in the middle of all that. So I'm glad that they're making a, a noise, though, a joyful noise. Amen. If I could have the ushers come forward as I turn things over to Pastor. Praise God. We want to thank everyone for your faithfulness in supporting the work of the Lord here at Trinity. We have some that uh, have never been to this place, but have come on board with us during the pandemic and are now faithful tithing supporters of the church, and we thank you for that. For those that are giving to our missions, outreaches, all of these different types of things, uh, it was exciting to me this past week. We found out that one of our families that we've kind of lost track of that through sickness and other things had been watching our services and sent uh, word out that they wanted to support the uh, Trinity Outreach Ministries and we've already started getting some checks in for that for our ministry to the homeless with Pastor Bill. And so there's just, we're trying to touch our world for Jesus through his love and compassion and through the gospel. And it's all a part of your giving. Let's pray and ask God's blessing upon this time. 
Father, we know that you consider it worship when we give. We give you our vocal praise. We sing. We <laughs> play tambourines. We play the instruments. But, Father God, as we give, others can hear the good news of Jesus. We know it all takes finances, Father, whether it's sending the, the message through live streaming or touching our missionaries around the world, keeping the lights and the heat on here. Father God, we give so that others can know the joy of sins forgiven. We ask your blessing upon this time in Jesus' name. Amen.
praise you today for your great love, your great mercy, your great plan that brought Jesus to this planet to take on the form of humankind, to be born of a virgin, born sinless, and remain sinless, to die as a sinless sacrifice on the cross that anyone who would call upon your name could receive their sins forgiven and washed away and eternal life granted. Thank you for that kind of love, Father. We ask that that kind of love would inspire us today to tell somebody else of your great love, your great plan. We pray, Father, for you to speak to us through your word today as we learn to call your name. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, you preached my message again today in the song service. You may be seated. I want to remind everyone that we do have food available uh, after the morning service. Uh, I want you to fellowship, but I want you to walk fellowshippingly out to the barn. And uh, Pastor Bill's going to be out there and be available to open the doors up so that you can uh, be a part of receiving food. We have potatoes, we have onions, there's uh, dozens of eggs and cucumbers, there's all kinds of stuff out there. And uh, we want you to take a blessing and then be a blessing. Linda's not able to be here today. She's watching grandchildren and grandnieces and, and uh, because this flu bug has swept through the children's department. So we're wave at, wave at the, the camera and Linda can say hi back to you later. Praise God. Also this afternoon at 2 o'clock we have our ministry to the West Park nursing home over off of Climb and we'd love to have you come and join us. Marsha heads up that ministry. Marsha and Tom are there but uh, they let me tag along and so I'm going to be there too and I'm going to be telling some of the stories about some of these Christmas carols that we know and love. Before I minister the word this morning, let me just tell you one that we just sang. It's one of my favorite stories. The year is 1866. Back when some of you were children. <laughs> but a young pastor named Phillips Brooks was traveling in Europe and an opportunity arose for him to go to what we call today the Holy Land. It was not Israel at that time. Israel, the Israelis had been shipped around the world and dispersed, and, but the land was still there. And he made his way to Bethlehem on Christmas Eve. And as he was there in the little town of Bethlehem, and it is a small town, 
he was just overwhelmed by the significance of it. He had walked the shepherd's fields, and he was thinking about his Sunday school class back home in America. He taught, uh, as I do, a uh, children's class. And he wanted to do something special for his children's class when he got back from his trip overseas. On that Christmas Eve night, he sat down and penned all the verses that we sang this morning. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. And he took that back and gave it as a Christmas gift to the children of his Sunday school class. And I'm still blessed by that song today. How about you? We need to continue to pray for the land of Israel. Because right now in Bethlehem, the forces that are contrary to us are, they've taken down all of the, the garlands and the Christmas decor because they equate Christians with Judaism and Israel and they hate us. But there are some very strong Christians that live in Bethlehem and we want to pray for them today. We want to pray for the people of Israel that are enduring this even in that time in the little city of Bethlehem Herod tried to wipe out the Messiah but he could not and they're still trying to remove Jesus from the picture but they cannot hallelujah would you take the word of God and stand with me right now and turn to our key passages that we've been looking at these last several weeks. Turn to Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9, and beginning with verse number 6. This prophecy of Isaiah that was a thousand years at least prior to the coming of the Messiah, Jesus, and it gives us some of the names by which he will be known. For unto us a child is born, Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice, from that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Heavenly Father, help us today as we study your word that we would learn to call upon his name for the ministry he wants to do in our lives today. We ask it in the name of Jesus, Emmanuel, Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father. In that name, we pray, amen. Amen. You may be seated. The angel told Mary and likewise Joseph that his name will be called Jesus. That was his actual name. 
but he was known through the prophet Isaiah by some of the ministry that he would accomplish. He was called Emmanuel because he was God right here with us. Amen? And last week we looked at the fact that he will be called Wonderful or the one who is a wonder worker, full of wonders, and, and not only the wonders and miraculous things that he did, <clears throat> but the amazement, the wonder that came upon people when they saw what he'd done. And we looked how that after all of these miracles, the people just kind of stared with their jaw dropped in wonder and amazement, who is this guy, Jesus, that he can do these things? He was called full of wonder, wonderful. We want to pick up today and look at another few aspects of what his name would be called, the descriptions of his ministry. We know his name. His name is Jesus, but he is Emmanuel. Amen? He is wonderful, awe-inspiring, and today... We want to look at that terminology, counselor. Now, it's been intimated that I could do with some counseling, uh, that I, I'm not wound real tight sometimes, but that's not what it's talking about here. The word counselor in the Hebrew, I want to teach you some Hebrew today. Ya'atz. Can you try that? Ya'atz. You got to kind of clear your throat when you speak Hebrew. Yeah, some of you are getting it. Some of you are getting it on other people. But I, yaats, and the word in the Hebrew is used numerous times in the Old Testament, and usually it describes someone who gives direction or guidance to people, someone who gives direction or guidance, charts the course, guides them in the proper ways. We find this formed out in various places in the Old Testament. You remember the story back in Exodus chapter 18. Moses is trying to do it all. He is sitting down in front of uh, about two million people on a regular basis all day long, every day of the week except uh, the Sabbath, and he is hearing their trials and tribulations and judging what's going on. And you get a couple million people under one cloud of glory, you're still going to have problems. Amen? I mean, they're going to bicker and fuss. With, how many of you have some bickering and fussing that happens in your house? And there may be just a couple of you there. You know. You laugh because I speak truth. You know, there's some, some people here denying that they are stirrer-uppers. So how many of you would admit to the fact that you're a stirrer-upper? Yeah, if things are, if the waters are calm, you try and stir it up and muddy the water. Some people just can't handle it unless there's strife. I had a member of my church one time years ago up in the Cleveland area, and uh, he complained to me because... When we came to the church, the church had a reputation of having 
kind of knock-down, drag-out shouting matches at their annual business meeting. And uh, I don't like that. And so I, I made some threats <laughs> that uh, it would not be tolerated. I even called some of the malefactors on the phone and said, you know, we're getting ready to have the annual business meeting. And I was reading over the minutes from the past several years, and your name appeared prominently in, in those minutes. And uh, I just wanted to, to see if there's some issues that you have that we could address before we get to a meeting and air them publicly. Why don't we just handle them now? Because we're not going to entertain strife in the business meeting. Well, some of them didn't show. But this one, this one fella, he said, boy, I miss those days. Some people are stirrer-uppers. But here Moses is leading the entire encampment of Jewish folk 40 years in the wilderness, and every day he sat down as person, group after group came and so but somebody stole my goat or, you know, whatever, you know. I can't even imagine. They took my manna, you know, I, I, you know, I, I can't even imagine some of the, the things that people could get into trouble with. But he sat all day long. He was just worn out. And his father-in-law, and every time I say his father-in-law's name, somebody reflects back to an old TV program, don't do it, don't do it. Jethro was his father-in-law. How many of you know the... It's inescapable. If we were raised with the Beverly Hillbillies, we remember Jethro Bodine, you know. But that was not him. That was his father-in-law, Jethro. And his father-in-law came up and he says, Moses, what are you doing to yourself? I like the way it puts it in here. In Exodus 18, verse 17, it says, So Moses' father-in-law said to him, The thing that you do, is no good. <laughs> That's, you know, uh, both you and these people who are with you will surely wear yourselves out. And for this thing that you do, it is no good. <laughs> and so he said, what you need to do, you need to train some people up and let them sit down and listen to all the problems and you take the biggies. And uh, let, let everything else just kind of farm out. It was good advice. It was good counsel. And, and Moses heeded the godly counsel. Because the thing that he was doing was just no good. <laughs> no good. We had an African conference at Heartland when I was there. And uh, one of the featured speakers spoke on that passage. The thing that you do is no good. <laughs> so we, that was our theme for the rest of the year. I'd go around and inspect the jobs that people were doing. The thing that you do <laughs> is no good. <laughs> they didn't like that after a while. but that's. Moses took the yaats, the advice, the counsel, the guidance, and it improved all the things that were happening. 
It wasn't that what he was doing was wrong. It wasn't good for him or the people. It was godly guidance. And God used that, and he reserved and showed it in the scriptures that it was good guidance and counsel, ya'atz, that Moses received. I have good news. One of the ministry descriptions of Jesus is he wants to guide you and direct you in godly ways. He wants to point out the right way to go in life. He wants to guide us, and he's sending the Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth. Because there are many ways that we can approach the situations of life. Many ways. How many of you understand that Jesus knows the best way to guide us through the situations of life? The scripture says in Proverbs 3 and 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and the result, and he shall direct ya'atz. He will direct or guide your paths. Now, I don't know if we have it or not, but Growing up in my house, we had some Christian artwork on the walls. Some of you probably had some of the same ones. Uh, it was by a, an, auth, a, a, an artist from back in the 1800s, and he was an evangelical Christian and a great artist, and he drew and painted some of the Christian artwork that many of us grew up with, uh, I'll name a few and you'll remember them. How many of you remember seeing a picture of Jesus standing at a door and knocking? Yeah. Remember that one? Yeah. You remember there was no doorknob on the outside? Look at the picture again. Warner Solomon was the artist and he painted this and he entitled it Christ knocking at your heart's door. I mean, I grew up, we saw that in church. Every, you go to Christian bookstores, they'd always have that piece of artwork. Another one was Jesus, the good shepherd, having a lamb across his shoulders. I mean, remember that one? Remember that one? Lamb across his shoulders and saw, saw the flock out there. Another one was one of his most famous was the portrait of Christ, and it was, he was sitting at a table, and every place you were in the room, his eyes appeared to be following you. It was one of the spookiest things. We had that in the, in the church library, and you just... Well, get over here. Well, he's watching me there, too. It was, it was amazing. He... Uh, he had a lot of those, and actually over 500 of his pieces of art were Christian-themed. But one that I had growing up, we had one in our home in our downstairs, and we had a larger one in the church library where I grew up, 
And it was entitled, Jesus, Savior, Pilot Me. Any of you remember that one? It looks just like that, only different. Okay. Jesus, Savior, Pilot Me. It's a picture of a young man, and he's at a ship's wheel. He's wearing a red shirt, and the waves are coming over the top of the bow of the ship. The storm clouds are, his hair is being blown. The art is just phenomenal. But standing behind him, with his left hand, significant, his left hand is on the boy's shoulder. And his right hand is pointing the direction through the storm. Jesus, how many of you remember that one? Yeah. There it is. There he is. His left hand on the shoulder. The storm clouds are all over. The, huh? Oh, you got you got to forgive Jamie. He has a broken drumstick, and he's out for a few weeks, and he has too much time on his hands, and. Jesus, Savior, pilot me. I remember growing up with that in our house and, and uh, that portrait at church. And it was always enticing to me because it, the guy's obviously a younger guy. I used to be able to re relate to that. You see, scripturally, the left hand, the left hand of God the Father was the place of counsel and guidance to the king and the right hand was the place of power and authority and the significance in this photo he's got his hand on his shoulder the guidance and he has the power to guide you through every storm every wave every crisis and he knows just exactly the way to go Ya'atz. You see, he, he is called counselor because Jesus has the ability to guide us if we'll let him. Have you ever had someone give you directions and you didn't follow them? To my chagrin, I've, I've stopped and gotten directions before. This is pre uh, cell phone, pre, all the stuff you can get on your phone. I remember stopping and asking for directions, and the directions didn't sound quite right. And so I disregarded them. They were right. And uh, I remember one time I was, our men's singing group from college was going to perform in at the Trimble County Fair. And uh, we, uh, me and some other guys were driving up separately. They were taking the bus up and we were driving up separately because we had family in the uh, Columbus area. And so we were gonna spend the night up here and then go to that spot. Well, we forgot to get directions to the, the location. And so we stopped at a place and we said we need to get to 
to Tremblay. I didn't realize that there's a Tremble County and a Tremble, Ohio. They were 100 miles apart from each other. We arrived safely at Tremble, Ohio. We were way far away from Tremble County. And the time of our concert was approaching, and uh, guys in my car had some of the lead parts, not me, but oh my goodness, did we tear up the highways across Ohio in the midsection. Jesus wants to give each of us good yaats, good guidance and direction. He wants to guide our steps. He, he wants to guide us in a path that may seem, uh, oh no, that doesn't seem right. He knows where all the pits are. He knows where all the traps are. Because the Bible tells us that the enemy has laid snares for each one of us. Every day there's some snares out there, entrapments that the enemy has. He wants to swallow you up in them. The psalmist uh, in Psalm 119, many are the snares. Many are the traps or the nets that the enemy has laid to ensnare you and to trap you and to keep you from arriving safely where God wants us to be. Jesus knows where all the landmines are. He knows where all the attack points are. Oh, we've talked about it many times, but don't you love, just love that story when the, uh, the one army was coming against Israel and every time they went to attack Israel, uh, the Israelis were waiting on him. And the king, I love the story because the king gets all of his generals in the room and he says, okay, one of you is a spy. One of you is ratting us out to the Israeli king. And I want to know who it is. We're going to find out and we're going to kill you. And the people began to say, no, it's not us. Well, then who is it? He says, there is a prophet in the land called Elisha. So, well, he knows what you're saying even when you mutter in your sleep at night. And the king says, well, we're going to put a stop to that. Because Elisha gets the insight and he tells the king where to station his armies and where not to go and where to go and how to surround the enemy. He says, so I'm just going to surround him. So there's this little bitty town called Lodabar. Little itty bitty place. You can't find it on a map because it no, they haven't found it yet. It's still under sand someplace over there. Well, in Lodabar, Elisha is there with his servant. And the servant goes out oh, in the morning. He's, I don't know if he's getting coffee or what. But he's going out and he looks up at the horizon. And his face is contorted in fear because they're surrounded. 
this little tiny village is surrounded by the horsemen from this country that wants to do Elisha in. That's the place where Elisha says, Lord, let him in on what's going on here. And he opens his eyes and he sees that, yeah, there's the army still there, but behind the army, mighty angelic armies with chariots of fire ready to stomp all over them. You see, just like God spoke to Elisha, God knows where the enemies are in your life. He knows where the traps are that the enemy has laid for you. And he wants to be the yaats, to guide you and me through every day of our life. Don't say, well, I, I need to know about next week. Why don't you just go step at a time, a day at a time? He wants to walk with you. He wants to put his hand of guidance and counsel on your shoulder, and he wants to use his power to guide you safely through the maze of the rocks and the, the storms and all of the things that are coming. He wants to guide us. But sometimes we're stubborn and we just think we know the, the best way. Now, there's probably nobody here. I understand that. You're too, way too spiritual for that. Uh, just way too, way too. Uh, but uh, there might be someone, someone, somewhere who's like this. You wait until you've made the mistake, gone the wrong path, and then you want the Lord to help get me out of this mess. How many of you are get me out of this mess prayers on occasion? You know what? He shall be called counselor, the Ya'atz. And he wants to guide you so you don't get into that situation. Far too often, even believers are prone to not ask for his guidance until it's to guide us out of the mess we got ourselves into. But he wants to guide you before you get into the mess. He wants to chart your course. He wants to guide you and he's close, as that portrait was, he's close enough so that he could whisper in your ear. He doesn't have to shout. The storm is loud enough, but he can say, to the left, to the right. I will guide you with my eye through this situation. Today, I believe that there are some gathered here, some that are watching, that you have gotten yourself into a mess because you went your way and you did not seek his guidance. But we serve a gracious and a merciful God. Aren't you glad? Years ago, there was a comedic duo called Laurel and Hardy. Some of you ancient of days remember this com comedic duo. Uh, what was the one's name Stan Stan was
kind of the fall guy and the other the other one was rotund and uh, he would blame all of his mistakes on Stanley and he would say this is another fine mess you've got me into folks Jesus wants to keep you out of the mess that you will invariably and I will invariably get myself into. I have it under the best assurance as I was praying and seeking about this message today that he wants to, where you are in that situation, he wants to guide you no matter the mess you're in. And he has a path to get you out. Can I say amen? amen. He's not going to say, well, you made your bed lying. And you, you did this. You're stuck with it. That's not the Jesus we serve. He is the Ya'atz. He is the one who wants to guide us into all truth. He wants to lead us and guide us. As a shepherd guides his flock, he knows where the danger spots are. And as David the psalmist said, he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even when I'm walking through treacherous places, he's right there with me. He guides me. He knows the way through. We serve Jesus whose name is the Ya'atz, the counselor, the guide, the director. Hear what the word has to say. This same word comes up again and again and again in the scriptures. Psalm 31, verse 3 and following says, For you are my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for your namesake, lead me and guide me. Yes. Pull me out of the net which they have secretly laid for me. For you are my strength. Into your hand I commit my spirit you have redeemed me O Lord God of truth what? now where did we hear that phrase before isn't that exactly what Jesus said on the cross father into your hands I commit my spirit think of it the enemy thought he had won as Jesus was on the cross. But God had charted a course. We'll talk about that in a moment. Psalm 32 and 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Psalm 73 and verse 23, nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold me by my right hand, and you will guide me with your counsel. Yes. And afterward, receive me to glory. He wants to guide you, and he wants to guide me. It says he takes me by what hand? My right hand. Well, see, the way if we're walking with him 
if he takes me by the right hand, which hand is he using? His left. The guidance, the counsel, the leading. And then the strong right arm is still available to move against the enemy in your path. He wants to guide us all the way through this life and put us then in a position where he can guide us straight into the arms of Jesus, into everlasting life and glory. He wants to guide us. How many of you could use a good guide? Amen. Then we find it says in Isaiah 58 and verse 11, the Lord will guide you, ya'atz, continually and satisfy your soul in the drought and strengthen your bones that you shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. He wants to take us by the right hand. He wants to guide us. But sometimes... Sometimes you're like me and you do your own thing first and then you say, Lord, get me out of here. And he doesn't call back and say, well, this is another fine mess you've got yourself into. But what he does say, here, take my hand. I'm going to guide you through this situation yeah, there may be some pain because you've got yourself in the thicket. You've got yourself in some tight places, but Jesus can guide us through. Today, this very day, your God, Jesus, Emmanuel, right here with you, the wonderful one, the wonder-working God, he wants to guide us the rest of this day and tomorrow and the next day and the next and he wants to guide us very close and personal through every attack of the enemy every snare that the enemy has laid out how many of you ever walked into a trap and you realized oops <laughs> I fell for that maybe it was in a conversation Maybe it was in a situation at work or in, in your family, and you walked right into it. I know a Jesus that can guide us through those situations and bring us out safely. Well, this Hebrew word, ya'atz, not only talks about giving counsel or guidance, but I got really excited when I was studying this. The Ya'atz was not just a guide or a counselor. It was used in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew, as the one who devises the battle plan for the king. The one who devises the battle plan for the king. Psalm 18 and 32 says, It is God who arms me with strength, and who makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of deer and sets me on high places. He teaches my hands to make war so that my arms 
can bend a bow of bronze. You have also given me the shield of your salvation. Your right hand has held me up. The gentleness has made me great. You enlarged my path under me so my feet did not slip. Every king in those days had advisors who would guide them on the war plan. I have great news, folks. If you got any shout left in you, because you, you probably have, you haven't used it yet today. We're at war. We're at war, folks. We have an enemy, and he has minions about that are undercover and are sneaking to destroy you and destroy the church. We're at war. Watch the news for 10 minutes. We're at war. We are in a hostile environment. The enemy is out to get you. And if he can't get you and get you to walk away from God, he wants to make you ineffective in your walk. He wants to muddle you up in such situations that you cannot fully serve God. How many of you would admit you have some complications in your life that hinder your service to the Lord? We're at war, folks. This is a hostile land to the Christian faith. I'm not just talking about America. I'm talking about this world. The enemy is on the attack. They want your destruction. I was interested. Uh, a very liberal uh, senator made the statement the other day uh, when people were saying, do you think that Israel ought to... Uh, form an agreement with the Hamas about uh, this war. And this I was surprised. This liberal uh, senator said, no, I do not believe because the Hamas have declared their goal is, their total goal is the complete annihilation of every Jew on the planet. Now, how do you form a coalition with that attitude? They are out for your destruction. Oh, let's have a plan together. No. Folks, I don't want to get into politics, but I will. But uh, they're saying, well, we need a two-state solution. There needs to be Israel, and there needs to be a Palestine. Well, that would be all right if the Palestines, Palestinians said, Okay, Israel, you can exist. But no, from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea, it's all ours, you're gone. We're at war. We're at that kind of war with the forces of darkness. They want the church to falter and fail. They want you as a believer to have your witness snatched away. They want you to be in despair. They want to ensnare you and trap you in all kinds of things that keep you from being effective for Christ. They smell defeat, and they're like a dog that senses fear. They're going for your throat. They're going for your family. They're going for your life. They're going for your church. 
but I have good news. I want to get ready to shout myself. I have some good news because one of the ministries of our Savior Jesus, his name is Jesus, but he is Emmanuel, God, right here with us. And he is the wonder-working, mighty God right here with us. But he is Ya'atz, the counselor. He is the counsel in the war that we're in, and he can guide us through all of the attacks of the enemy. He knows their battle plan. He knows the traps. He knows where the landmines are. He knows where they're going to ambush you. And he can guide us to safety. Amen. He is the Yats. Oh, you say, Pastor, you better hurry. You've got several other words of descriptive terms in Isaiah, yeah, well, I'm not going to get to them all. I realize that now. But he is not only the Ya'atz, our counselor in the battle, but it says he is the mighty God. You say, well, you know, that's self-explanatory. Well, the, the terminology is unique. The word that is used there, I'm not even going to give you the Hebrew on this one. But, well, okay, I'll give it, Gibor, are you feeling blessed now? It actually means the last one standing, the victor. Gibor, he's the last one standing. The one who's still standing when the battle's over. The one who's still standing when all the weapons of war are crushed. The one who's still standing, he's the one that it speaks about in 1 Corinthians 15. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible body has put on incorruption and this mortal body shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Death, where's your sting now? Oh, grave, where's your victory now? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He shall be called Emmanuel, God right here with us, the wonder-working God, the miracle-working God the counselor, the Ya'atz, who guides us in the battles of life, and the mighty God, the last one standing. Oh, he didn't look victorious when they beat him. He didn't look victorious when they platted a crown of thorns on his head. He didn't look victorious when they beat him about the face until he was totally unrecognizable. He didn't look victorious when they pulled at his beard 
and they spit on him and they mocked him and they beat him and they put lashes across his back and his body was riddled with pain and agony and suffering. He didn't look victorious when they impaled his hands and his feet to a cross. He didn't look victorious when they walked about shaking their heads and mocking him. He didn't look victorious when he hung his head and he died. He didn't look victorious when they pulled his hands from the nails and carried a dead, lifeless body to a tomb. He didn't look victorious when they laid him in the tomb and wrapped him in linens. But it ain't over. It ain't over. It ain't over, church. He did look victorious when on that third day the angel whipped that stone out of its place and Jesus came out victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And he's still victorious today and he wants to give you the victory. Call him Emmanuel. Call him God right here with us. Call his name wonderful, the wonder-working God standing in wow of what he's done. Call him counselor, the yachts, the one who not only wants to guide you and me through the days of our lives, but he wants to be the strategist for the battle we're in. But call him the last one standing, the victor. And he was, doesn't want to celebrate his victory alone. He wants to give you the victor's crown. If you proceed with Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, you get to stand with him in victory forever and ever and ever. Call his name. Hallelujah. Oh, stand with me and call out his names. Call out the name of Jesus. You need God right here with you. Call out Emmanuel. Call out the counselor. Yes, I need your guidance. I need your direction. I need a battle plan. Call him mighty God, the victor. And he hears your cry and mine. As the worship team returns, I invite you to just call his name. Whatever you need today, call his name. Some of you are feeling all alone and forgotten, forsaken. This is a difficult season of the year. But I've got good news. Jesus wants to be Emmanuel to you today. Right there with you you've got sickness in your body you need his touch or you're praying for somebody who does you need to call his name wonderful the wonder working God and I believe very firmly some of you have gotten yourself into some stuff and you need to find the way out of it and others are wise enough to know, I, I really need to consult him now. 
because he knows tomorrow. I don't know about tomorrow, but I know somebody who knows about tomorrow. Some of you need to bring your tomorrow today to an altar of prayer. And we need to get real tight with the one who's the mighty God, the victor in this whole thing. Father God, we want to call your name today. Jesus, our Savior, our forgiving Lord, our Emmanuel to the lonely, our counselor to those that are fuddling around with the situations of life and we need divine direction today. We need a battle plan for the forces of the enemy who seek to destroy, who've laid snares for us. We need to be guided by your eye. Father God, we need to know we're on the victor side, that there's going to be victory. Hallelujah. We may not look like much now, but through Jesus Christ, we win the victory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Call his name. I encourage you to shout out his name as you come to a place of prayer. Just come and give him praise. Come and call on his name in the house today. Call on his name. Call on that name. If you don't know him as Savior, call on his name. His name is Jesus. He wants to save you today from your sin. You're feeling all.